0: Hello and welcome to the Praise Center Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit PraiseCenterOnline.com. Last Sunday was Easter Sunday, did we not? I love Easter Sunday. And Randy, your cinnamon rolls, wherever you are, they were amazing. And uh, we just had a great time together. And Easter is all about celebrating the resurrection of Christ. And we do that really every Sunday when we come together because that's the day he rose from the dead was a Sunday. That's why we celebrate on Sunday, not Saturday. Does that make sense? And so um, when we celebrate Easter, we're celebrating the day that Jesus rose because we know he died three days earlier. He died on the cross for all our sins, paid for that price for you and I, was buried in the tomb and then rose on the third day. And then Jesus says to us, some of his literally his last words as he's ascending to heaven, he says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded and I'll be with you from now through eternity. Wow, what an amazing thing that he's told all of us as believers of Christ, to do. To go and tell other people. That's the last words he spoke on this earth. Go. Go and tell other people about who I am. Because he wants all of us, why? In heaven with him someday. Every single person he wants in this whole universe to be in heaven with him someday. Will you open your Bibles to Luke chapter 14? This is the story we'll go to in Luke chapter 14. And here in this... uh, in this portion of scripture, it's a very, I'll, I'll talk about the first story before we get to the part we're going to talk about. Jesus is invited to a Pharisee's house for dinner. A Pharisee was a person who would obey the law, very strict, um, follower of the, the law. Everybody had to do everything just right, but they would not have believed the Messiah was Jesus, that Jesus was the Messiah. And so they, Jesus has been invited to a Pharisee's house. So he comes over to this person's house. And it's sort of interesting because he just sort of sits and watches. And Sal's sort of like this. We go to like a sporting event years ago. We lived in LA. We go to the Dodger game. I would watch the game. I'm like, ah! And he'd like, what happened? I didn't see it because I was watching that person over. Sal so would just watch people. He's so bad. Can I really? This was hilarious. Monday, Monday, I'm driving to the church and he's leaving the church and he's coming up 9th Street right in front of 7 Eleven on East East Ranch. He's coming coming right there, and he stopped at that four-way. I'm coming down the hill. I cross the four-way, and I'm stopped at the light. We are literally door to door. I haven't even told him this yet. We are literally door to door, and I'm going, and he's, I roll my window down, and I stick my arm out the window. Sal, and I'm going like this, and he's, And the lady behind him just starts laughing her head off because I'm making a fool of myself trying to get my husband's attention who is literally this close to me, car to car, and I'm going, "Ah," and he didn't see me. But that's Sal. So my my point is don't be offended. If you're driving down the road and you wave to Pastor Sal and he ignores you, he ignores me too, right? Okay. So this is like, so he's like Jesus. He's like Jesus. Jesus is in the crowd. He's at this banquet at this Pharisee's home, and he starts watching people coming in to eat. And when people are coming in the door, they, they're thinking they're all that. They're at this Pharisee's home, and they come, and they start taking the prominent seats at the dinner table. They start sitting in the most important seats, and Jesus is watching this happen. And he can't stand it, so he speaks up, and he's like, seriously, when you come to a dinner, you should take the lowliest seat so that the host of the dinner can come to you and go, no, 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 come on, I want you to sit by me up here. Makes me wonder if what Jesus saw was the host go, hey, get up, that seat's for somebody else, get down there. Maybe he saw that, the host, then you won't be embarrassed in front of people when you get taken out of the higher level seats, right? Right. And that's when, when Jesus comes and he observes that, he's like going, don't do that. And then he talks to the, the host of the house. And this is what he says to the host of the house. And pick up the story in chapter 14, verse 12. He says, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers, your sisters, your relatives, your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor and the cripple and the lame and the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you'll be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. So what he's telling is the problem is you invited all your friends and all those who are important, and they wanted to sit up there when you should have been inviting Everybody. You just invited your friends. And so he's telling the host this, and then someone speaks up. I can only imagine it's probably like the A student in the class or something. He speaks up, and he says, when one of those at the table heard him, he said, Jesus, he said, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. God's like, yeah, that is. When you will eat someday in the feast in the kingdom of heaven. And then he goes on to tell a story, and that's what I want to talk about today the story that he tells, because it's not just a story. We know that when Jesus spoke in parables, it always had meaning and it always was true to life. And so when he's telling this story, we're gonna pick out the different characters in this story of what he says. In verse 16, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and he invited many guests. And at the time of the banquet, he sent his servants to tell those who had been invited, come for everyone is now ready, everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first one said, well, I've just bought a field, and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, well, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the banquet of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor and the cripple and the blind and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you have ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out into the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get to taste of my banquet. Ooh, can I tell you that someday there is going to be a banquet in heaven? I've set a table here so that you could see. It's just a visual that someday, and it's going to be a lot more elaborate than this. But someday there's going to be this amazing banquet in heaven. Just before that, in the previous chapter, Jesus says this, people will come from the east and the west and the north and the south and will take their places at the feast in the kingdom of God. In the book of Revelation, at the end of the book, it says that everyone, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. Blessed are those. God has invited every single person in this entire world to come and eat at the supper of the lamb. He is the lamb. To come and eat dinner with him. And that's what this story is about. He's saying, I have given the invitation and I've put it out there. And I want everyone to come and to eat at my house. I want my house to be full. I can only imagine what that felt like, what that feels like. Because we have, when we have, we have three children that we have birthed. And can can I be so, say, like, we've created them. Without us, they would not exist. Okay? And now they have created beings. So now we have more creation under us. I am on cloud nine when all of them come home. It's all of my creation, all of our creation at our house. So I can only imagine Jesus in heaven going, man, I want everything, everyone that I've created to be with me. I want every, because I want a full house. Can everybody please answer this invite? Everybody please. That's, that's God's heart. And he's like, the invite is out there for everyone because I want my house full because everyone that I've created, he's created us all. He wants all of us to live with him in heaven. But they give these excuses. Can I say this? These three excuses pretty much cover every excuse of the world and people and probably some of us before we gave our lives to Christ. Excuse number one. He says, well, I just bought a field, and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. He just bought a field. So that tells me this man has wealth, right? right? So he's got his money. And with his money, he buys something that he thinks is more important. I got to go do this with what I bought. I have to go see my boat or go see my new house or go see... I even put golf clubs up there because I thought, "Eh." you know, right? (laughs) Right. i got to go see that thing. i got to go be with. And, and money becomes such a huge draw that I don't have time to accept the invite of the Lord because I have other things I need to do with my time. Other things are more important to me. So I'm sorry. Please excuse me, the man says. It reminds me of the rich young ruler that came to And most of us remember this story where this young man comes to Jesus. And he had lots of money. And he said to the Lord, What do I have to do to have eternal life? Isn't that what they're talking about here? Coming and living with me forever. What do I have to do to have eternal life? And Jesus says to the young guy, well, okay, you need to obey the commandments. And he gives some of the law. And the guy's like lights up. Yes, I've done that. And that's a lot of people in the world like, yes, I'm a good person. So because I'm a good person, I get to go to heaven, right? Because I'm good. And this young man gets so excited because he thinks Jesus just listed obeying the law and doing good, and I do that. And Jesus takes it another step. However, there's one more thing, just a little thing. sell everything you have, give it to the poor and come follow me. Money has become more valuable to you, I can see. And so he challenges this young man, is your wealth more important than accepting the invite. And we know the story, the man went away sad, which a lot of our friends and neighbors do. I, I just have too much going on, I got too much stuff. So that he turns down the invite. Then we have the second excuse. This one, this guy says, I just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out, please excuse me. I gotta go work. I got, I got these brand new oxen and I need to go plow my field. I gotta go work. And work, I mean, don't get me wrong, we have to pay the bills. I know that. But our job, a lot of us find identity, a lot of people do, in what they do instead of who they are in Christ. God is our identity. And the world is striving for more and more. They're trying to climb the corporate ladder. I don't have time for God in my life. I have work. I have to accomplish something. I have to leave that everybody will, your great-great-grandkids probably won't even remember what you did for a living, but they'll remember if you were a testimony of Christ. Work becomes this huge thing. I was so proud of Randy and Angela. Can I tell you, can I brag on, I'm going to brag on them for a minute. In our Rooted series on Sunday nights, we we set aside 10 weeks where people came as, and we asked our leadership to come and lead those small groups that we broke up into. And Randy has a full-time job, and his wife Angela has a full-time job, and they decided to start a catering business. I think they're sort of crazy with all they do. But he's amazing. Bubba J's, come on, hire him out if you ever need catering. Bubba J's. And so they start this catering during the midst of those 10 weeks. They were offered a pretty big catering job, and it would have gotten their name out there, and they probably would have gotten more jobs because of getting their name out there. And they said, no, we've made a commitment to this. So they turned down that catering job. That's putting Christ above your work. That's saying the Lord's going to bless us because of it. He will, just like he blessed you guys, faithful in your tithes, and it's like, A thousand bucks. My goodness. Why didn't you call us up and say, come on down uh, and let me touch your ticket for you while you. (laughs) It's like, I won 502 because Aaron touched my ticket. (laughs) But work becomes a huge thing. Then the third excuse that's given. I just got married, so I can't come. This is an interesting. He doesn't say, please excuse me, like the other ones did. This guy just says, I just can't. There's some people that just say, "I I just can't. Other relationships take too much of me. I don't have time for another relationship. And our relationships with other people are very important. We encourage each other. We strengthen each other. We are committed to our relationships. We are. But this relationship always is number one. This one has to be number one for these relationships to work the way they're supposed to work. Jesus is is teaching in a house one day, and someone comes to him and says, Jesus, your mother and your brothers are outside. They want to come in and talk to you. And he says, who is my mother and my brother? Those who do the will of my father. Those who obey God are my mothers and my brothers. Now, that's not to say that Jesus just, like, didn't care about his mom or his brothers, because we know when he's hanging on the cross, what is his first, he looks down to John, take care of my mother, he is so concerned with that relationship. But number one, I will do the will of the Father. Right. I will do the will of the Father above taking the relationship. It has to be number one, that relationship with the Lord. And this person is just like, no, I just can't. I just can't do it. Wow. All of these excuses come into play as we see the, in, in our world even today, don't they? Yep. I, can't, I can't follow Christ. I can't accept that invite because I, I have too much stuff to do. Or I'm working, I have stuff, my relationships, my, everything takes up those times with us. And so the master of the banquet, which we know is Jesus, he says, go out and get other people then. Go out, he says to the servant, go out and find someone else, go out. And here's where we come in, we're the servant, okay? And in as, as a servant, as a disciple of Christ, a servant doesn't get to do what they want to do. He says, go out into the streets and the alleys and bring them in. And so the servant obeys because a disciple of Christ is someone who's obedient. It reminds me of when Mary, before she was pregnant with Jesus, the angel comes to her and says, okay, the Holy Spirit's going to come and overshadow you, and you're going to give birth to a son, God's son, who brings salvation to And what was her answer? I am the Lord's servant, may it be unto me as you say. I'm the Lord's servant. Wow, this young girl was willing to be pregnant out of wedlock. People are going to talk, but I'm the Lord's servant, whatever you say. It also reminds me of Paul, who used to be a Pharisee, who was a Pharisee when we first meet him, and a mer- person who was following the devout law. He was so upset about these people that followed Jesus that he's like, I'm arresting them and putting them in prison. And Paul is on his way to arrest some more Christians when this bright light shines and knocks him to the ground. And he's like, who is it? What is going on? And I love this, what the Lord says to him. As Peter is knocked to the ground, he says, when I, Jesus, it's me, Jesus, whom you persecuted. And he says, I have come to appoint you as a servant, as a witness of what you have seen and will see. I am sending you to them, and I will open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who have been sanctified by faith in me. He calls Peter, I mean Paul, just like, did I say Peter earlier you? Sorry, you guys all knew it was Paul. He calls Paul just like he called you and I. And he says to Paul, now you're a servant of God. Now you're my servant. Now go and be a witness of what you're going to see. And that way forgiveness of sin can take place and people will have faith in me. As he calls Paul to do that, he becomes a servant just like you and I. Okay, so the servant comes to the house. Jesus says, go to the servant and go out into the roads and go out into the alleys of the town and bring in and watch this. Uh, This is probably one of my favorite parts of the whole story right here. Okay, Because God wants this full house. And he comes in and he says, go out and invite the poor. And the first excuse, let's put up the first excuse there. The first excuse was that I just have too much wealth, right? My wealth takes up. So Ryan, just go to that picture of that money. And he, the, wealth, the wealth comes up, the second one. So the, the money with all the boats and everything, you should be on that screen. The one that, that has the red letter is going to come up on top of it. Okay. So he, I lost him there. So, Sorry, Ryan. The first excuse was money, right? And so Jesus says, go out and invite the poor, those who have no money. I love what Jesus does here. He's just going to blow these three things out of the water. Then the second excuse was, well, I, I have just bought some oxen. I got to go to work. I got to use what I just purchased. I got to go work and climb the ladder. And Jesus says, then go out and invite the cripple those who can't work. They can't go out and plow the field. Go out and invite the cripple. And the third excuse was, well, I have this relationship that I just now have, and so I just can't come. And he says, then go out and invite the blind and the lame. Those people who can't see to be able to get there on their own. They have no, I can't. I have no relationships. Think about the blind and the lame man who was by the gate. No one was there helping him as a family. We see of so many blind and lame people in the Bible that were just sort of cast aside. They had no relationships. So go out and invite those who have no relationships. I love what Jesus did here. He takes all three of those excuses and he just like says, then go invite people who have no excuse. Go and invite those kind of people. Those are the ones that I want to be in my house with me. Ooh, that's amazing, don't you think? And so the servant does. He obeys, and he goes out, and he invites them. And then he comes back to him, and he says, there's still room. There's still room at the dinner. Now what do I do? And he says to him, verse 23, go out into the roads and into the country lanes and invite them and compel them. Okay, so first he went to the streets and the alleys to invite them, right? The poor, the lame, the crippled, the blind. And there's still room. Now he says, go out into the country roads. In other words, go out beyond your comfort zone. Keep going until it gets a little uncomfortable. Till you're inviting people that you don't even, maybe you don't even speak their language. Go out beyond your comfort zone and invite those people to come to the banquet. I need you to go. And as a servant, do, can we say no? We just say, okay, I'm going. I'm going out into the, I'm going to go way out here. And when they go out, he says, compel them. I love that word, compel. If you look up even what the meaning of it is, it says to, to pretty much command them, force them. <laughs> That's a, oh, come on, I'm going to drag you to the banquet table. It, it would be as stern as if I was bringing a summons for you to appear to court. And you have now, I've handed you that summons in your hand. This is your invite to court. Do you go to court? Yep. If you don't, you're arrested. That's, the, that's the, the urgency of this compel word here. Compel them. Don't let them. And I can imagine this is how, the, this is how I would think that we should do that as a servant. I'm going gonna, gonna to come to you as a servant. I can imagine this servant coming in and going, you're just not going to believe the food that's going to be there. It's going to be amazing. Come on. Bubba Jay's is catering. Yeah. What's the Ramsey guy? He's probably going to be there making some stuff, Chef Ramsey. God's got these angels that can probably cook food that you have never even tasted or knew that taste existed. This dinner table is going to be exquisite. Everything, there's going to be serving after serving different courses of the meal. We're going to have, we're going to cleanse your palate in between each course of the meal. So please come. My master wants you so desperately. Can I tell you, my master is the most amazing man in the entire world. He is so loving and caring and generous. He wants the best for you and I want you to meet him. Can you come meet him? Because he would give, literally give his life for you. He is so amazing and I want you to come to eat at his dinner table. and there's a place for you. He set a place at a table just for you, and I don't want it to be empty. So can you please come? Can you imagine how this servant would describe the meal and say, you have to come. Please come. I want you to come. Compel them to come in and eat dinner. That's how we compel them to come. And it reminds me in the book of Revelation of the scene that's in heaven that God shows to John. And he sees this scene. And, and if we're describing heaven to people, we want to compel them there. We're like, man, you gotta be, you got to realize that God is going to be sitting on his throne. And it's just going to be amazing. There's these 24 elders that circle the throne. And these 24 elders around the throne and there's these four living creatures and they're going to be throwing down their crowns and bowing down and yelling, holy, holy, holy. This is the scene that you will see when you come to this banquet. Will you come? Will you come? And John says he hears this roaring river, this mighty rushing river. And you think that it's just a river and he realizes it's voices and these voices are yelling out, Hallelujah. For the Lord Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come. Oh, come on. They're dressed in fine linen and we're all ready. We're all ready for the, the feast to take place. It says, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. It's going to be more than you can ever comprehend when we get there. And the, when, Pete, when John sees this, it's like he falls face down to worship the angel who showed him to him. And the angel, I love the words the angel says to him, don't do that. I am your fellow servant with you. And you're with your brothers and sisters who hold to the testimony of Jesus. This is the sign. This is what we're going to see when we come to heaven. This amazing banquet table. It's sort of like that banquet table. Can we show just quickly? Uh, Queen Elizabeth's banquet table. I think that this is amazing. There's another picture. Can you imagine even having this many people? Heaven is going to be even more amazing. So amazing. And we need to compel them to come and to see what this is and to be a part of this dinner that Jesus is giving for all of us. God wants us to do that. And do we sometimes... As servants of Christ, do we sometimes take those same three excuses that the world gave for turning down the invite? Do we take those same excuses and use them for ourselves for not taking the invite, delivering? Lord, I, I just bought some new golf clubs. I did just get a new driver. I got to go try it out. I just, I just got something new. I, my wealth takes me away. I don't, I don't have time to take that invite. I'm trying to climb the ladder of success. And I'm working so hard. I can't help it that I work on Sundays and all this time. And it just takes so much time and commitment. I don't have time to take your invite to other people. Or do we just say I can't? I'm too shy. I just can't. Or relationships take too much out of me. And I don't, I just can't do it. Can, can I be so bold as to say, all they can say is no. And here's the here's the thing. Whose invite is it? His invite. I'm just the messenger. I'm just here to tell you how amazing heaven's going to be someday. I just want you to be there. I, I don't want you to miss out. And so if you say no, you're saying no to God, but I'll probably come back and ask you again because I'm supposed to compel you. I'm going to keep on and hopefully I'm going to drag you into the kingdom of God with me because I want you at that dinner table. Because can I tell you, the other option isn't where you want to be. You want to be at that dinner table with me, with all of us, right? And so we got to get desperate in how we start sharing the gospel with people. Not making excuses ourselves because heaven is going to be amazing He's going to dwell with us in heaven. We get to live with Jesus. He's going to wipe away every tear from our eyes. He's going to be there's going to be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, no more sorrow, no more pain. Heaven is such an amazing place. I can't wait to get there and I want to bring as many people with me as I can. And the last scripture I want to read to us is in Revelation 22 verse 13. It will be on the screen. Jesus says this, look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me and I will give to each person according to what they have done. I am the alpha and the omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes. That's pretty much saying those who have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. And that they may have the right to the tree of life. The tree of life is what we're going to eat of. That we will live for all eternity with the Lord. And that they may go through the gates into the city. Ooh, this is amazing. That we get to enter in right into the city. Right into those gates. And can I tell you the road, it says the road is narrow and the gate is small. So we have to go out and compel them to get in. Come on. And I want you to read the red letters when I read the black letters of the next scripture. Because we are the bride of Christ. And the spirit and the bride say to Jesus, Come. And let the one who hears say, Come. And let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who wishes to take the free gift of the water of life. And Jesus says these words at the end, almost of the entire book. Yes, I am coming soon. He's coming soon because he wants to take us to eat in this banquet that he has prepared for us. Thank you for listening to Praise Center's Sermon of the Week. Don't forget, for more information, visit praycenteronline.com.